You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. Locked on Browns brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network. Available Apple, Spotify, and of course, Odyssey. Hello, everybody. Your host, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd on the Twitter machine. The Locked on Browns Twitter account, of course, at Locked on Browns. Always follow back account. DMs are Always open, pushing oh so close to the 10,000 mark. Maybe we can get that rectified and handled before the regular season. We've got a great show today. Um, some thoughts here from me we're going to start off with about how you know to handle camp. Uh, of course, there's always talk you know right about this time when you start to see players go down, a la Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams. Tough blow. Great, great young player. Rams, a lot of thoughts on maybe reaching newer heights this year with Matthew Stafford coming in. We'll see how they handle a difficult spot with losing a player with the ilk of Cam Akers. Brian Baldinger of NFL Network is going to join for segments two and three. Uh, I'm truly, truly excited to get to talk to Brian. Um, he is a big, big fan of this current Cleveland Browns product. We're going to you know, get to that here, segments two and three, and appreciate him for making the time for us. Um, a lot of questions and thoughts, you know, how exactly do you handle the preseason for the Browns this year? How exactly do you handle camp? You know, how do you get the proper amount of work and also try to make sure that you're getting the proper amount of rest and of course, doing everything you can to avoid a greedy Williams, Grant Delpit situation that the Browns went through in the 2020 season. The fact of the matter is there is no real answer. There is no real recipe. These players are as athletically gifted and as physically built as any athlete can be. And sometimes it's just a matter of time um, before something goes. Um, But I do believe with the amount of intelligent people in the building, there's going to be a lot of load management. Um, You do have the advantage where you have on offense, everybody returning. And you're just trying to mix some things in. And Anthony Schwartz, for example, a Demetric Felton, for example. These are talented young players who are not called upon early in the Browns regular season, but they might be the guys who kind of get, you know, a good amount of work here through the summer, seeing if there is the possibility that maybe they can contribute early. Um, but making sure that they are, you know, mentally uh, in the playbook understanding what the roles are as far as, you know, other things than just with the ball in their hands, which is the biggest key Um, in the NFL. It's learning the verbiage of the playbook. It's learning the spacing of where you need to line up and it's learning what your assignment is other than just having the ball in your hands and essentially making the magic happen. Defense is where it gets a little bit different and there are a lot of new moving parts. Again, there could be anywhere between eight to nine new starters for the Cleveland Browns this year. Uh, A lot going on for them. Um, But they're deep. They are a tremendously deep group defensively. Anywhere between 17 to 20 players could be guys who take big, meaningful reps for this team uh, weeks one through 17. And of course, as the regular season rolls in, you know, how do you handle when it gets to preseason games? There are players on this team that just have zero business taking a snap. J.C. Treader, Joel Batonio, veterans. They really don't need to be taking the reps. Jack Conklin may fall into that mix as well. 
You could probably say the same for Austin Hooper, who has injury struggles. Nick Chubb, very good possibility. Maybe even Kareem Hunt, a good possibility. I don't see Odell Beckham Jr. being a candidate for any preseason snaps. Um, he should be able to get the work in a camp that he needs to get. Jarvis Landry may fall into that category as well. You know, Jarvis has always played, you know, a large amount of his time here in Cleveland with one ailment and another, uh, just doing your best to get him as clean and sound for the regular season. It's just smart business and the way you want to handle things. You're going to have a big battle between the offensive line. So you might want to get these guys as many reps as possible in camp, in preseason games, when you're making these truly tough decisions as far as this positional group is on uh, is at right now getting the best case to give these guys basically to put a full report. So when you're making the decisions on whether it's a Michael Dunn, whether it's a Nick Harris, uh, whether it's a Drew Forbes, you're giving every one of these guys the greatest audition opportunity possible before you make a huge decision, of course, that the Browns are going to have to make. Defensively, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, not sure I see how any one of those guys take a rep. Maybe Malik Jackson falls into there. The linebacking group, these guys are going to have to play. Um, these you know, there's a lot of competition there. There's not going to be a lot of spots. There's not going to be a lot of snaps. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Walker, Malcolm Smith have to take some preseason reps just because there's young kids battling for the opportunity there, whether it's the Tonky Tucky, whether it's a Jacob Phillips, you know, you have, you know, uh, JOK, you're going to have a Tony Fields. Uh, the secondary, Grant Delpit, I think the Browns are going to want to see what Grant Delpit can do post Achilles injury, Richard LeCount, Sheldrick Wedwine. These are guys that are going to have to play. Ronnie Harrison maybe even going to get some snaps. I think it'd be wise to keep Denzel Ward off the field. Greedy Williams is going to have to play. You're going to have to see if he's going to be able to hit somebody, administer punishment, and be able to get up afterwards. Uh, Greg Newsom, uh, look, live reps are the best reps. He's going to have to play. You know, a Hill, a John Johnson III, not necessarily sure those guys are going to have to get work in in preseason games. Um, you're going to want to see them make sure that they got the verbiage down, uh, the able, the ability to be able to communicate with their fellow defensive backs, set things up as John Johnson has a really good shot, a shot at being a signal caller here for this Browns defense in 2020. But it's going to be smart. It's going to be a diligent approach to make sure that everybody's getting the amount of work, practice, honing of their craft that they need, but also trying to do the best they can to understand that none of these Practices of preseason games mean nothing. It's all about going into Kansas City week one, being as healthy as you possibly can. As I mentioned, we're going to sit down with Brian Baldinger. That's coming up here next. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, joined here in a minute by Brian Baldinger of NFL Network on your latest Locked on Browns. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, the NBA Finals, and of course, all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the games as team preps for their run to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And as we mentioned earlier in today's episode, thrilled to be joined by from NFL Network, uh, actually over here at um, NFL Films here in Jersey, call, uh, calling into the show today, Fox Media, of course, and pretty much uh, everywhere, Odyssey as well, Mr. Brian Baldinger. Brian, first things first, I appreciate you taking the time here out for us today. And one thing i like to ask of you know, guys who have been you know, through the wars of the NFL, how's the body? How are you feeling? 
I feel good. I mean, I'm lucky. I, I've, I've done a good job of taking care of myself, kept the weight off. Um, that's a big thing. I stay really active. I've got all my original joints. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm in good shape. I, you know, but even, you know, even when you get the bad days, when you wake up and you're like, what did I do to make my elbow feel like this yesterday? And you go, you know, it's just wear and tear. I got an ankle brace on right now. People are like, what'd you do? What'd you do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just wear and tear. Just, but you know, it doesn't do a lot of good to complain because not a whole lot of people are listening. So uh, <laughs> I, I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I feel pretty darn good. Ah, that's great to hear. Um, we're going to get to some Browns talk here. And uh, as anybody knows, if you don't um, follow Brian or looking in the Baldies breakdowns, a number one, you know, what's wrong with you? A number two, exactly. uh, Brian shows a pretty good affinity for, you know, where the state of this Cleveland Browns offense is right now. So we wanted to touch on this as we're uh, rolling in. Uh, as of, you know, recording of this, we got uh, four teams rolling in with rookies into camp. Camp about to get, you know, hot and heavy next week. Everybody getting excited. Um We'll start here with the offensive line, Brian. Obviously, you know, your coup de grace, so to speak, here. Um, the chemistry between this group last year, and obviously there were guys moving in and out with whether it was injury-related, COVID-related, um, the cohesion of it. And the one thing I want maybe for you to touch on a little bit is it's you've, we've seen offensive lines in the past where they've been dominant as far as run blockers or dominant as far as pass blockers. But this unit under the tutelage of Bill Callahan was able to be top notch in both areas, and that's kind of a rarity with you know offensive lines, just the way they can be constructed. But it was pretty special to watch last year. I agree, Jeff. I agree. I mean, I I had more fun watching the Browns play up front and in the trenches last year than any other team in the league. I, I make no bones about it. I don't try to hide my you know the pleasure <laughs> I had on Mondays right here. But I think it really starts. You know, Callahan is unbelievable. Just follow Bill's record. Um, I've known him since his days that he came to the Philadelphia Eagles with John Gruden and Ray Rhodes in 1995. And I followed him throughout. And everywhere he goes, it's a different group. You know, he's got an elite group. Um, but the one thing about Bill is he really changes his fundamentals, his teaching, his um, individual drills. He changes it up every year. So the players don't get bored. And it's not the same thing every year. So that's the coaching side. But I think the foundation for what they did last year was right in the middle with J.C. Treader and Joel Batonio. You know, they've taken every snap over the last, I don't know, four years. And when you're out there every single snap, even when you're a bad football team, you make things easier for everybody else because of the communication where it starts with a guy like J.C. Treader. So Wyatt Teller comes in last year and was amazing, just an amazing player and a great find and a really great addition. Um, and I think Treader really made a lot of that possible. And then when you add a veteran like Conklin and then when you draft really well, you know, and you get the opportunity to draft a Jedrick Wills. And look, he was a right tackle at Alabama. Could he play left tackle? Well, he's next to Petonio. He's just going to make life easier for you. You know, he, you're not going to have to think about the simple things like the snap count, which you can easily forget, you know, when you're trying, trying to think of your assignment. Just the basics. I mean, those guys really steady the ship inside. And so, and then, you know, <laughs> you just have to spend about five minutes with JC to realize he's the smartest guy in the room. And so it's not like he's the smartest guy trying to tell you he's the smartest guy. He just really simplifies things. 
He his communication is clear, understandable, and I think it transfers really quickly. And to me, I, I mean, I might be missing a few things here, Jeff, but to me, that's the foundation for what this group did last year. We've actually had um, a couple of years ago, we had Joel Batonio on the show and, and Joel actually talked about his relationship with JC and said it was weird because it was kind of like a marriage. They could finish each other's sentences. And, you know, Joel actually had to stop himself. He's like, you know, yes, he went to Cornell. But look, that truly resonates. He says, you know, obviously as smart and as intelligent guy as he is just in general, it doesn't always translate for people necessarily to the football field. Uh, JC Treader, it, it certainly does. And he literally had to stop himself. He's like, you know, he's like, I think I'm the better player, but here I am hyping up JC saying he's better. It was a fun conversation. And you can see that those two, and, you know, they talked about, you know, getting to learn younger players and basically just saying, hey, guys, just, you know, communicate. You got questions, speak up, you know, we'll help you because obviously helping you helps us and makes everybody's life easier. Um, also, along with this offensive line, um, and obviously breaking this down, um, you can see, you know, the affinity for running back Nick Chubb. And outside of Cleveland, and maybe a lot of this has to do with because Nick Chubb is not wired like most running backs in the NFL. You just don't hear much from him. And it's not really and I mean the game is as flashy as any running back in the NFL. But as far as, you know, after the snap or scoring a touchdown, there's not much more there to Nick Chubb. And it's just the way he's always been. He was that way at Georgia. Um, and you talk to people within the Browns that basically Wednesday practices for Nick Chubb are as serious as 1.30 on a Sunday afternoon. Um, a player like Nick Chubb, and maybe it's, you know, in this day and age, you know, obviously where the the loudest athletes are maybe the most known athletes. But this player has a very, very serious game. And I know everybody wants to talk about Derrick Henry um, and, you know, the numbers he's put up over the last few years. But if you can extrapolate Nick Chubb's attempts, carries to the stratosphere that Derrick Henry's are, the numbers are, you know, some of them are actually better. This is a special, special talent that I think some people just maybe don't understand. And maybe it is just because the way of the modern athlete, you know, exists in sports today. Well, you, you can't put a list of your top five running backs in the NFL and not list Nick Chubb. You probably can't put a list of the top three and not put Chubb in there. The irony is that Kareem Hunt actually had more carries than Nick Chubb did last year. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, I think Nick Chubb could put up easily the numbers that that Derrick Henry puts up or that Dalvin put up last year. Um, but that's not – I think for the longevity of Nick Chubb, I think it's the best thing for him is to have Kareem Hunt. Um, they're both great contact balance runners. The difference with Nick Chubb and what puts him into elite company is when he goes 92 yards against the Falcons. I mean, he's a true home run hitter. I mean, he is in the record books as the longest run by a Cleveland Brown. That does include Jim Brown. So he has that ability on any given play, whether it's a simple dive right into the line of scrimmage or whether it's off a screen or a check down or anything. Um, and that's what really scares teams is if you miss him in the open space, he might finish in the paint. Um, and yet, But when you just break him down and you look at his cutting ability, you look at his vision, he doesn't miss. He doesn't miss holes. But he also has that ability to cut, to find the hole, and then the burst to get through the hole. He's, he's really, he really has it all. He really does. And, and then when you look at the two of them, 
Chubb and Hunt, you look at their ability to protect. They are fierce pass protectors, the two of them. I mean, you can put a highlight reel together and really put together a clinic on for any running back at any level of how to pass protect. They're, they're excellent in those roles. We mentioned Brian Baldinger was killing it on Lockdown Browns, and he has been to this point. We're going to get to a little bit more with Brian here in just one second. As you all know, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customer online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The site, it's simple. It's easy to navigate. Whether it is something as simple as bulbs for your blinkers or maybe even carpet for the floor of your car or bigger things, transmission, parts for your engines, rockauto.com has you covered. Go to the site right now, rockauto.com. In their How Did You Hear About Us box, type in Locked On so the folks over at Rock Auto know that we sent you their way. Reliably low prices, amazing selection, rockauto.com. Go ahead, folks. Check it out. They're a fun group. Uh, they truly are. Um, you know, I think they kind of other as much as they are similar in some aspects. You know, Kareem and his receiving ability. Um, and Nick's improved in that aspect, but that may be something where numbers go down just due to the depth that you know the Browns have at other skill positions as far as the passing game, which brings me to uh, number six. Now, the AFC is just loaded, and I mean loaded with young quarterbacks. And a lot of Browns fans just – are curious and just want to know and want to understand why it seems maybe as far as a national aspect, their quarterback in Baker Mayfield doesn't get as much pub as maybe they think he deserves. Well, I think it's the second year dip that the entire Browns organization had. And Baker was at the forefront of that. It's not his fault, um, but he certainly had a hand in it. But, you know, if you look at his 13 starts in 2018, I mean, he set an NFL record for touchdown passes in a season on a team that was a good second half, you know, team, but he didn't start that year. And look, I mean, an NFL record is an NFL record. Now it didn't stand alone. Josh Allen broke it or Justin Herbert broke it, I guess this year, but um, he had a bounce back season this year. And I've always had a great deal of admiration for Baker. I'm on record. I mean, I go back to his, rookie or freshman year at Texas Tech when he was a walk-on for Cliff and what he did in his first six starts. And, you know, I, I did some – I do Big 12 games, so I saw a lot of them. Um, and I just saw his competitive fire. But when you watched him, even in college, Texas Tech or Oklahoma, his touch on the deep ball was as good as it was coming out of college. Now, you look at some great players that are in the Hall of Fame, Troy Aikman, it took a little while to get touch on the deep ball to Michael Irvin and the guys that he was throwing to. I think Baker has that. I think Baker, you know, would have even put up bigger numbers had Odell Beckham Jr. not gotten hurt last year. There was a huge packages um, and a huge part of the offense built around Odell's skill set. Uh, we may see all of it this year. Um, but, look, the, the running game fuels everything. It helped Baker last year. His decision-making got better. His escapability, um, no, he's not going to beat a lot of guys in a 40-yard dash, uh, but he doesn't need to. He, he's, he knows how to elude the rush. He knows how to find the opening. Uh, he knows how to scramble. I mean, those things are – he just has that skill set. He's got a good GPS inside his helmet. Um, but I expect, I expect big things from Baker this year. I, I think that he's going to continue on an upper arc 
into that upper echelon of quarterbacks. Uh, it's funny you brought that up because we did harp on this a lot, you know, last year where we thought maybe Baker didn't get the respect he deserves because you mentioned, obviously, you know, what a great deep ball passer he is. But there were times watching this Browns passing game last year, it almost felt like it was an arena league passing game just because they did not have that type of threat, which brings me to this is where it's going to be interesting. You know, any team in 2020 that was a new regime in which the Browns obviously fall under that lens, they were certainly hampered and limited as far as getting ready for that season. But they're not replacing anything this year. You're going to bring Odell back into the fold. You drafted an Anthony Schwartz who gives you maybe some of that Kansas City Chiefs type of just freak speed at the wide receiver position. Uh, you know, the, the the tight end unit, you're hoping now that maybe you have it more gelled out and in sync. But these are all players that have been here. So expectations for a second year jump after what was a great second half for this offense. How realistic and you know possible is for where this could possibly go? Well, I think their playoff win in Pittsburgh, you know, I think the players believe that this is the right staff. This is the right time. We saw the hype in 2019. They clearly weren't ready for any of it. The coaching staff wasn't right. But Kevin Stefanski has come in and, you know, with Callahan, with the guys that he has brought. And it's just, it's a great, uh, it's, it's a great teaching staff. Stump Mitchell at running back. It's a great, you know, I mean, I go through the list of guys. It's a great teaching staff, but there's a respect. You can tell that there's a respect for the players, for the guys that are, you know, blowing the whistle and leading the drills and, you know, putting these game plans together. And I think that the players believe that this is this is their division to win. Now, Baltimore will be a foe. Pittsburgh will always present a challenge. Cincinnati is going to get better. It is a tough division. But I don't think there's a single player in Cleveland um, in that locker room in Berea right now that doesn't believe that they can go out there and win this division. And I don't know the last time anybody really felt that in that locker room, that they really believe that they can go out there. They've got all the pieces necessary to go out and compete. And when you feel that way, you know, you you. It is a different, you know, you, the, the losses are more painful and the victories are less joyous. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but you're, you're going to start getting some wins and you're, you're not going to celebrate like you've just won the Super Bowl. You're going to go, we, we're expected to do this. This is, this is you know, the next challenge. We, we, we're supposed to win this game. And it might start week one against Kansas City. You know, like I, I think they they give Kansas City as many problems as any team in the AFC because of their ability to be able to run the football. You know, and so um, I think the challenge starts week one, September 12th. And it's actually interesting you brought that up because when the schedule first came released, you know, a lot of Browns fans, oh, no, Kansas City week one. Um, but it is interesting from this fact, you know, one thing the Browns should be able to do well defensively is get after the quarterback. Kansas City Chiefs are basically going to be debuting a brand new offensive line left to right. So, you know, as much as, you know, it's a tough draw for your, the Browns, that's a, tr- a tough draw to debut an offensive line week one out of the gate. That being said, I just want to hit on one thing defensively. Browns fans are very excited. Obviously, a lot of personnel brought in here. We're talking anywhere from eight to nine new starters on that side of the ball. but. For Joe Woods, 
this is something that may not just hit the ground running. A lot of moving parts. He's got players probably anywhere between 17 to 20 that are actually going to take some meaningful um, and a good amount of reps between you know the three phases, defensive line, linebacker, secondary, and of course some secondary, maybe playing some linebacker and nickel and dime. Cohesion. How long does that actually take in, I'm assuming, communication and having players who are willing to communicate on the field work with each other is a huge part as far as, you know, taking a lot of great parts, but actually turning it into what can be a great defense. Well, I think every defense starts with their front, you know, and if you're a four man defensive front, like Cleveland is, I mean, they've rebuilt their defense line outside of miles Garrett. The tackles are gone. Jadevian comes in. We got to see what kind of shape Jadevian is in. I, I've done a lot on Jadevian. I've seen him when he's at his best and he is as disruptive as anybody and I've seen him when he's not in shape and he's pretty invisible. So, you know, it's, a lot of it is up to Genevieve. And I can't speak to him right now, but um, this is a good situation. This is as good a team as he's been on in a long time. So, um, but the defensive tackle position is new. Uh, it's young. Um, you know, whether it's Billings or whether it's Togiai, I mean, it's, you know, we got to see how they hold up, you know, uh, I thought the guys they had there last year played pretty well, but it starts up front and that's what they have to deal with right now. They have to deal with a new defensive front and that really kind of sets the tone for everybody else. Uh, I mean, look, we're excited. There's just no way around it. You know, Browns fans, everybody. And for me and everybody who's been you know putting up Browns content for years, covering the Browns for years, we kind of feel like we've earned this. Like, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, we, we deserve our opportunity to, follow hopefully something that really looks sustainable um he is brian baldinger from nfl network fox obviously coverage odyssey um does fantastic job brian i I cannot thank you enough for taking some time here for us today i know you've always been gracious with your time as far as you know the locked on podcast network you've always been you know good to us here so again sir thank you for your time today my pleasure my pleasure anytime i get a chance to talk about the browns puts a big smile on my face Thanks. All right, folks. He, all right, Brian Baldinger, he's in. Folks, uh, save him a spot in the meanie lot. Uh, make sure you got some pierogies and everything all ready for him. He I'm is Brian that. Baldinger. We're going to continue on on Locked On Browns. Thank you, everybody. We talked about how to manipulate the summer here, getting the proper amount of work between practices, training camp, and trying to keep everybody as healthy as possible. We sat down with Brian Baldinger. Fantastic conversation. You want to talk about a guy who's got the Cheshire cat grin for the way this Cleveland Browns team is currently constructed. Brian Baldinger is that guy. Thanks, everybody, for being along for the ride today. Your host, Jeff Lloyd. Follow at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open on both accounts. As you guys know, appreciate you all so much. Make sure you're listening on Apple, on Spotify, and, of course, on Odyssey. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB. On the LOB, let's go Browns.